a timeout. Decide not to use a time. Wait a minute. Put your cup down. Hold up. Wait for Somehow we got a master class and a disaster class all in one game. What up, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catch and Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my splash bro, and my co-host, Zach. Um, I feel like the Warriors had a fighting chance, but that fourth quarter kind of tossed everything down the drain but overall this was pretty bad for the Warriors so I mean instant reaction after game three how are you feeling my guy uh it's it, it, they threw it away honestly like we're, we're, if we're going to fight all the way back to be down four points at the end of the third quarter and you come out in the fourth quarter like that that's just ugly carelessness with the ball 14 turnovers i think at the end of this game at one point in the fourth quarter i heard the stat of 14 turnovers it's been like this all year turnovers kill this team and they keep doing it it's like some fetish that this team has and steph with the circus passes don't get me started with draymond but just the fact that you wasted a Steph Curry performance of 31 points and Clay actually playing like he's capable of with a nice 25 points and probably the best, the most you can expect out of him. It, it's just, it's just kind of disappointing because I feel like it exactly. was, it was all on the table for a Warriors comeback, especially that third quarter. It was quarter, in their but reach. It was in it their was. reach at the end of the third quarter. I had a feeling that they were going to come back and win this game because the Celtics had had instances throughout the postseason of blowing leads in the fourth quarter. And what do the Warriors do? They have a th- another third quarter mass class, and it comes play in the fourth quarter. And it was it was all it was the game was decided early in the fourth quarter with that possession of Draymond trying to force it to Otto and Al Horford jumps that pass. And then, God, this pass from Steph is just so, so careless. Throws it across court. I think he's looking for Jordan Poole, and it gets picked up by Robert Williams. He's, like, throwing out there like Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo, man. Stop. (laughs) Just stop. I don't understand why we need to do those cross-court passes. It's just – there's just – is this in 2015 or 2016 anymore, man? This is 2022. And if you look at the Warriors right now, Steph's 34. This is their best chance they have at this. And with how Draymond performed tonight is inexcusable. Inexcusable. 100%. 100%. And I feel like the Warriors shot themselves in the foot with the way they started off the first quarter. And granted, they were down 11, but it felt like it should have been more. Well, like that's, that, that's that's normal Warriors first quarter, though. Yeah. So, starting off poor and the Celtics come out guns a blazing. I mean, I wasn't surprised by that. Was I disappointed? Yes. But <laughs> I was I surprised? No, not really, because the, it's typical with the Warriors. It's happened at least once in every series that they played in. Game one, they started out fine. Game two, they started out fine. And of course, they were due for a poor start. And that happened in game three tonight. So not surprised one bit. Um I think 
the thing that made me the most angry tonight is Draymond's performance. It was just with how it just good felt, he, like with how yeah. good he was in game two for him to come out like this in game three and repeat a performance like he had in game one, even though he didn't shoot the ball as much as in game one, it's no, it's just not okay, especially in an NBA finals game. And you're a three-time champion. You should come out with some sense of urgency. And it felt like you just wasn't focused on winning the game. He was probably focused on his podcast. (laughs) Here we go with the podcast stuff. Yep, his podcast. I mean, he just – I respect the hustle, man. I respect the hustle of giving your takes and getting that monetized and getting paid for that. It's a smart idea from, from my perspective is that you can when after post after games you go into post game press conferences and you give your thoughts on the game without getting paid to which to reporters and then you hop on your podcast and you're giving your takes about the game but you're also getting paid for it because of all these listeners and sponsorships that your company has i mean it's smart he's got a big brain he's a good businessman but i mean he's doing in the finals though but now yeah yeah, that's where i'm getting to now is not the time (laughs) to do that he should have had a hiatus during this whole postseason of not doing any podcasting at all like the whole draymond stuff um the biggest problem with draymond ever since past 2016 is that is he is a non-factor on the offensive end exactly which is I want to bring in this take. I yeah, think ever since the Warriors signed Kevin Durant, he has stopped being aggressive offensively. You want to know the last game before Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors? He put up 28 points. It was actually 32. 32 points. 32 My bad. in game 32. seven. In game seven, the, the game that they lost in 2016. And then Kevin Durant signed. And I don't think I've ever seen something near, near, 25 points since then. Yeah, it's just that's the problem. You're exactly right. He, he, he the, the Warriors are playing four on five at some points with him on the floor, and especially with Looney out there. And granted, Looney is not an offensive threat, but he can provide offensive rebounds. Sometimes you're playing three on five out there with the weapons you have. The fact that Draymond doesn't look at the basket, and we've had this discussion so many times. The defense can just sag off a of Draymond and they could double either Steph or Clay. That's just been the story. And that's how the 2019 Raptors beat the Warriors in six games. Granted, the whole injuries and stuff, but that was the game plan with Draymond is where you sag off him and just double Steph or Clay. My biggest problem on the defensive end is like he got bullied by Robert Williams and Al Horford. Granted, I know his size isn't like, his size is pretty small compared to Robert Williams, but like he was getting manhandled in the post in the paint. That brings me to my little by question. Robert, by, uh, by Robert Williams, who, who was playing injured. Like, I know that's just soft, honestly. Uh, yeah. You know, all props to Robert Williams for gutting it out and playing like that. But I mean, there was at some points I was like, why doesn't Steve put in Looney? He's proven that he, can get he can extend possessions you can get defensive boards he went up a guy went up a guy went up against a guy like steven adams against memphis in game six and he had 20 plus boards i mean i just don't understand why you don't put looney in that situation but that's just me i mean he just wasn't doing the Warriors yeah. any favors tonight 
Yeah, 100%. I feel like that was going to segue into my like little question is that, do you think Boston's size and athleticism is becoming overwhelming for the Warriors a bit now? I don't think it's overwhelming from the fact that I think if Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole, like he did in game two, get hot, I think they can beat the Celtics with their shooting. Um, what I do worry about is is there an, is that there's another game like tonight where Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum all score over 20 points. That's a problem because if that continues to happen, the Warriors are probably going to lose this series in six games. Um, they need to – I thought Andrew Wiggins was excellent tonight besides the play in the fourth quarter where he threw the ball out of bounds. But um, I think he's done a good job handling uh, and limiting Jason Tatum. But there's – yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I think – at least limiting one of those guys I think will help the Warriors. And I think the biggest guy to to try to limit is probably Jason. I I, I think See, Jason it, I think Jason Tatum's more you go, look back to the last series. I think Jason Tatum is like Luka Doncic. You're just gonna have to let him take some shots that he's probably going to make. I think you have to limit him around him, which is and I think the Warriors need to pay attention to those two and make sure they're locked up no matter what. I think Marcus Smart is less of a threat offensively, but I think Jalen Brown really needs to have some attention pointed to him. I thought majority of the game, too, I thought – who was guarding Jalen Brown? I think it was – Draymond was taking – I think some. it was Clay. Clay. I think it was yeah, Clay so. or Draymond. Yeah, just limiting everything around Jason Tatum, I think, will help the Warriors defensively. I think also, too, Steph being in foul trouble kind of hurt the defense because when Steph is in foul trouble, the Warriors kind of had no choice but to go into zone. And we know how the Celtics have kind of destroyed that zone in game one and tonight. So I feel like it was kind of a double-edged sword with Steph's foul, like, foul trouble. So, you mean, if you have Steph in there, Steph can't really play physical on defense. He can't really go up on, on players. I know, the re- I know the officiating. I know you're going to say the officiating. The officiating no. was questionable. No, I'm not blaming the officiating. I'm not blaming it. I'm not blaming no, it either. I'm not, I'm not saying, saying you're blaming it, but I don't think we should be like Celtics fans no, for three days no. complaining nonstop about the officiating and how Draymond got ejected. That's, not just, that's just not how you do it. No, no. Also, I also noticed too, because on defense, right, and they're in man, man versus man. That's how you're normally supposed to play in the finals. They kind of switched Steph onto either Jason or Jalen Brown pretty easily, and it led them to easy buckets due to Steph having foul trouble. That's the issue. Um, you have to be able to fight over the screens because if you're just going to leave Steph or Jordan Poole in an island, it's not going to work out 100% of the time. And I want to point this out. What's with the deal with overhelping on defense? Nonstop. That's what I was going to go to next. I was going to go to Steph with committing those two stupid fouls. That one on Marcus Smart that he didn't need to commit. He should have just let Marcus Smart take the easy layup. And then that second one on Marcus Smart where he's coming from behind on defense and he tries to go for the ball and grabs him. Those are stupid fouls that did not need to be committed. And the overhelping is just ridiculous, man. They overhelp on the perimeter, leave Al Horford wide open in the paint, it's just 
Mm, no, the Warriors have. My question. I think there's a lack of trust. Why, yeah, there's I a lack of trust. My question is just why do they overhelp nonstop? Is it a thing that is taught during Steve Kerr's system, or? I think it's a lack of trust because we see Wiggins doing a good job on Jason Tatum, but when he drives, that's when the overhelp is too much because you I feel like Draymond and Looney all come to the paint yeah. to take Jason Tatum and then Jason Tatum kicks out and to like, and then it leaves Grant one Williams on one on two corner. or yeah. yeah. One on two, basically. Yeah. yeah. The, that's the issue. Um, the Celtics did pretty well in doing the penetration stuff. Uh, pause on that, but uh, <laughs> hey, hey, it's a basketball <laughs> term. It's a basketball term. Yeah. But um, they did really well with the whole touch the paint, kick it out. That's the open three. That's been the, I've seen that every single series. I've seen it in the Dallas series where um, you would have players penetrate inside and kick it up for the open three. And I feel like now it's kind of biting the Warriors in the butt because of overhelp, like you said. Um, That kind of brings me to my third point on defense. Do you think Jordan Poole is unplayable now if his defense is not going to be improved in this series? No, I don't think he's unplayable from the fact of what he can bring offensively, but he is just so bad defensively. I think you can make that argument. Um, and he wasn't good tonight. There was way too much dribbling nonsense for I don't know where the hell he was going, but he did have that nice move on Al Horford or it was either it was Al Robert Horford, Williams, I think Robert Williams, where he laid it up and it was a little bit of shifty, but. I think when JP's on, I think he should be on the court from what he can bring offensively. There's just always that downside you're going to have with him defensively, which I think is why the Warriors get caught over helping, especially when he's on the floor. I think I should frame, I think uh, a better way to frame it is can Steph and Jordan Poole play together at the same time? Uh, I think that's mm, my question now. Mm, mm. I'd go against it. I mean, because you, yeah, because you get offense, but like the defense, Steph can, gonna... Steph, Steph can hold his own on defense. He's just not the world's greatest defender. Um, and I think if you put out a, if you put out like the original death lineup that they had in the first round of Steph, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Jermaine Green, there's only two great defenders. Clay is a very good defender. Um, there's only really like three, two guys I really trust defensively. Clay's shown a little bit of lackluster on defensively, defensive wise, and I just don't trust Jordan Poole at all. And Steph is uh, not the world's greatest defender. He has he's above improved. average. He's above he's, average. He's a, yeah, he's not like two-way player level, but he's above average defender. And I don't think, uh, yeah, I'd go against that if we're being honest if the warriors needed a spark and they needed offense i would be okay with that i just wouldn't look to that defensively wise yeah i mean this is all a game of adjustments right and we saw interesting rotations i know belly was great game two but he had like a five minute stint Igadale was in there but like i feel like gary payton the second should have gotten more run in my opinion i agree um yeah like um 
I feel like it should be an eight-man rotation. I texted you this earlier, but it should be an eight-man rotation of Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond. As much as I hate Draymond in game three, Looney, Jordan Poole, Gary Payne the second, Otto Porter Jr. I feel like that has to be the eight-man rotation. Because yep. Iggy, as much as I love Iggy, he's pretty no, old. Sit, and... him on the, sit him on the coach's bench, man. He, he, there's no need, no need for him to come out here. Belly... Um, no, I don't think so. I think he performed well in game two, but no, I don't think he needs to be in there. And the fact yeah, that Looney I, only played 17 minutes tonight, I think, uh, but it was, it felt like the call to pull him out when they were getting manhandled. I know you brought this up earlier, but the fact that Looney got benched, uh, really made me scratch my head too. That I was one like of, it. Yeah. Um, there was also like another discussion too in the third quarter at the end where the Warriors did cut it to I think one or something, and Steve Kerr pulled Steph out and with like two minutes left. Did I you like that move? No, 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 man. I understand it's game three. You have four games left of the NBA finals, but you when you're on a run like that, you gotta play your best player and just play him out. Let him honestly, play. I thought of it as foul trouble thing. I thought of it at the time as a foul trouble thing because Steph had four. I think it was rest, more, more likely. Oh, if it was rest, and yeah, I'll be upset. But if, if you're thinking I, about it foul I, trouble-wise. I, I, I understand it from the foul trouble standpoint, but I still think even with four fouls, I trust Steph to go out there if he's lights out offensively and he he, he, will, he can single-handedly bring you back into a game. And I saw it too many times in the 2020-21 season. <laughs> I saw it too many times. <laughs> so I trust him to bring the war. I think he seriously could have brought the Warriors back into this game and they could have won this game. They, they absolutely could have won this game if Draymond wasn't expletive tonight. He wasn't bad. He was, yeah. yeah. If he wasn't garbage tonight, I think the Warriors would have won this game. If he played like he did in game two, I think the Warriors would have won this game because I think that end of. Being down in the, being down four at the end of the third quarter would, Draymond playing well, I still think they would have won this game. If there weren't any of those turnovers, yeah, but um, that didn't happen, so oh well. Uh, remember how, like, before the series where they said that in order to win games, uh, two out of three out of Steph, Clay, and Poole had to step up to win? We saw Steph and Clay pull up, show out, but they still lost, you know? I just wanted to point that out because that is that was like a little discussion that was like a thing before the series. So like, well, Draymond didn't show up, so I mean, that, and, that's true. And normally, when Draymond shows up, the war and he's aggressive and he's elite defensively and he's moving the offense, the Warriors are successful. Um, yeah. I think if Draymond was on it. Wiggins has been he's been Wiggins silent. is just Wiggins. Wiggins just is Wiggins. Good. He's just been good. Every single game of this postseason. You I think you can make an argument that he's been good every single game of this postseason. There's nothing to complain about besides the stupid turnover in the fourth quarter. But with Clay, Steph, and Draymond on, I think the Warriors will have success. And I think if Draymond was on tonight, the Warriors may have won this game. So, I mean, I think if Clay shows up, if Steph shows up in game four, Draymond shows up, Jordan Poole shows up, I think the Warriors 
can win game four and previewing game four. I think that's a must win situation. I mean, I do want to, I started to cut you off, but we'll game four. Yeah. It's the same. It's kind of on the same topic, but um, we saw Steph kind of get into like a little tangle up where Al Horford forgotten his leg. Um, so game four, I think Steph's fine. Like you said, game four is a must win. So what do you think the Warriors have to do? So carry on my brother. Uh, he says that he's fine. Um, so I trust him. I think he's fine. I think he'll play through it. Uh, what do the Warriors need to do? They don't need to turn the ball over, which won't happen. So, I mean, <laughs> like you ask them to not turn the ball over and then they'll turn the ball over even more. Um, <laughs> but I need, uh, I expect so much out of Steph, but I need another Steph masterclass. I need Clay to come out, to come out and step up. I need Draymond to focus on the game and be not the podcast yeah be aggressive elite defensively i need wiggins to just be wiggins man he's been good um elite defensively hold jason tatum not not uh literally but like keep him, <laughs> keep him uh contained uh, contain. there, there we go um <laughs> and then I've seen an all-around great performance from that eight-man rotation that I hope I see on Friday. I, I, I just think it's a must-win situation because I think the Warriors have – I think they're playing with their food a little bit tonight because I think they came out with a lack of urgency, and that cost them. Um, and if they lose on Friday – it's going to be an uphill it's going to be uphill battle. That's going to be a problem because Boston has proven that they can win on the road. On the road. And they've won more on the road than at home this postseason. And but you saw tonight Boston's a tough place to play. They were screaming and yelling as much as people don't like it. They were screaming and yelling F Draymond chance, which I don't particularly like, but oh well, it's Boston. Um, I just think it's a must-win situation. That's all. 100%. Um, going down 3-1 in the finals. Uh, last time. LeBron's done it. So, I mean, Steph can do it too, I guess. Yeah. Last time the Warriors had to do that was in 2016 against the Thunder. Yeah. Had to have a Steph masterclass in game five. Clay come in to Oklahoma City and just shoot lights out in game six. And then just an all-around good performance in game seven. That's what it had to take. And I think that OKC team isn't at as elite as this Boston team is defensively. Because Marcus Smart. He's a good up, he's a good defensive he, player. A, I'll he, give him he, his he's flowers. A, he's a defensive player of the year for a reason. And he was I'll give up him his, his flowers. He was up in Steph's face all night. And if he has one good performance of limiting Steph and containing him and the Warriors still can't find a way to win, that's a problem. And I think, like I said before, in order for the Warriors to win this series, they need at least one stellar Clay game. Clay gave us that tonight. They didn't win. So I need another one from Clay. And I need another, st- and I just need Draymond to focus on basketball. 
and just be aggressive and elite defensively. It's all I need. And hopefully pull out in game four predictions for game four. Warrior is a better win. Everything has to be clicking on all cylinders. Give it a prediction, man. Right, I said Warriors it, have to win. I said have, have to, to win. win. Yeah, there you go. But um, I said the Warriors. Um, no, I'm 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 in Ethan's boat. I'm not giving a prediction, but I'm just yeah. I'm not bringing. I'm not giving it's a, a prediction. Win. It's a must win. It's a must That's win. Um, we hope they can pull it out, but you know anything can happen. It's the finals. It's about who can step up when the lights are brightest. And and it's going Draymond to be Green yeah. has not shown that. And that's something to watch for. If Steph is limited by that ankle, and if that's a problem, series is chalked. (laughs) Series might be over from how the Warriors have been being been getting single handedly carried by Steph. He's been averaging over thirty points a game this series, and so I mean, all we can do, boys and girls, is manifest a Game Four victory. On Friday night in the Garden, Warriors Celtics, time to pray. Yeah, conclude, it's time to pray, boys. Episode ninety nine of the Catching Dubs podcast. Uh, episode one hundred is a special episode here um, on the Catching Dubs podcast, so uh, stay tuned for that. Um, that may be after game four or that maybe before game four you're just gonna have to find out man you're just gonna have to find out um make sure you uh follow us on instagram at catching dubs pod and on twitter at dubs pod and uh stay tuned for episode number 100 and game four abc 9 p.m pacific or jeez, hope it's not pacific 9 p.m eastern standard time warrior celtics game four nba finals Warriors looking to tie the series up. See you in the next episode, episode 100. They say fly girls have more fun. Peace. So what? So you should enjoy yourself. Yeah, yeah.